Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Yo, this is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Greg Sussman. Frank Stample has the day off today. So it's going to be a good show. Because Frank's not here. For hour number one, some outfield sleepers for you. It's our, the end of the outfield week. Tomorrow we'll get a starting pitchers. Uh, Frank will be back. Nick Costello uh, will be here. But for hour number one, outfield sleepers, we got our man Chris Venture in the house. What's up, Chris? What's going on? What's up? What's up? It's your boy. I'm back again. Outfield part three. Part trace. Part three. three. We're here. We've done like the 40 outfielders or so. Mm-hmm. so. We figured why not just continue on? Yeah. It's gets like 50. Sleepers and stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Dr. Ray will be here uh, as he always is about uh, 20 minutes into the program. So that'll be fun. Uh, hour number two today. Talk some football. I think Venture's sticking around, yeah? Mm-hmm. Venture's sticking around. Hour number two, we talk football. Jim Day's going to be on here, so I'm going to basically kind of interrupt the frenzy uh, and play traffic cop a little bit. We'll talk about the Combine, uh, the news and notes that is coming out of the Combine. Of course, Kyler Murray, the big story in sports today. I'll ask Jim how important he thinks that is, uh, and a whole lot more. Chris, how'd you sleep last night? Uh, I slept well. I slept well for the first time in, uh, in a couple days. Yeah. So I'm feeling good. The weekend's almost here. Uh, and I got to do some really heavy research, I think, this weekend. You think so? To, to start. Yeah, yeah. When like is, the real deep stuff. When is your like, home league draft? My home league draft is, we set it for, the I think, the 17th or the 18th. It's a Sunday of March. Yeah, so that is uh, some, probably the 17th. 17th? 17th. Sunday, March 17th. Yeah, so it's on a Sunday. We're doing it on Selection online. Sunday. Is that Selection Sunday? It is. Wow. All right. Well, that's cool. There's a couple things to look forward to then. Yeah. Um, Usually we do it live, but we're doing it online. Why? I don't know. Everybody asked if we, should we do it online. Uh, it's always a problem to get everybody live. One of the kids moved to Sandy, um, Seattle, so he lives in Seattle, so we have to get him on Skype anyway. So we said, you know what, let's just do it online. Plus, I feel like baseball's longer and more it's dragging. About the, it's about the same. As football? Yeah. Same length. I guess, a, little bit, a little bit longer, probably. Yeah. I, I think we enjoy the football live more. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. But as I said yesterday, or a couple days ago to you guys, like we do it all in that, in that Google Drive, mm-hmm. uh, in a Google Doc, so we always do it live together, sitting together, um, and people that aren't there, they aren't there. They just get in the, they get in the doc, no big deal, but the rest of us can hang out, have a couple of beers, uh, and do the thing. And Yeah, I like that. I enjoy it, you know. And we make our live, tra- we're, we're constantly trading picks and stuff, I told you that. It's yeah, awesome. a lot of trade. Well, if you got things like that going down, yeah, you definitely need to do that a lot. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. You're just texting back, you're texting back and forth, trying to make it work. I, lo- <laughs> I love it, man. Like, it is fun. It's you like being actually- a GM. Exactly. You haven't actually seen this. Frank saw this. But like, I can show you our draft boards, and there's just colors everywhere because people are trading up and down the board. It's awesome. <laughs> well, who's the commissioner? Because that's tough. You're the commissioner? I'm the commissioner. How do you manage that? 
so I'm not the best at Excel. I, one of my, I have a lot of accountant friends who are, frankly, make a joke here at this point, but I have a lot of accountant friends that are very good at Excel. So I'm going to actually turn my computer towards you, and I'll turn towards the camera too. So here's last year's fantasy baseball draft board. And if you could see, you just you colors, know, you know, yeah. zoom in. Although there's different colors, each each person is represented by a color, mm-hmm. right? So, as you uh, thank, good job, Martino. So every person up there at the top is represented by a color, and if the box is different color, that means it's that person's pick. Uh, so it says Russ in green right there, right? Mm-hmm. It says Russ in green, and there's that blue square in his box. That means it's Comp's Comp. pick in that spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I see it. And it's all around. There's different Gabe colors. Made a lot of trades. It seems like did it? Let me Gabe. see. Yeah. A lot of purple Shoot. on the board. Uh, yeah, he, he was all around. As, if you scroll, if you scroll down, because everyone if you trade picks, you got to make sure you have the same amount of picks. I'm going to turn it around again, Martino. Um, towards the bottom, yeah, there's a lot of colors. So, so I'm going to turn yeah. around again. I know he's zooming in right now. There's a, there's a lot of colors there, um, right there. Mm-hmm. Shows you all the all the trades that you make. So you you do you you input this drift manually into Excel. That's how you do it. Right. You have no clock or. I I, I, well, I, I keep the clock. I actually keep the clock at the draft as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so you do a lot. Yeah. I do a lot, and I'm entering it into Yahoo as we go. Oh wow! See, I use Clicky Draft. Sure, we do, we which use, is interesting. We use Clicky yeah. for football. For football, okay. I, I, maybe I should do the Excel thing, but I feel like that's more work. Maybe Clicky. It's definitely more work. Yeah. But Clicky, the problem is, so we're still doing the trades and stuff. Yeah. And our commissioner for football is this, uh, the is Jet Fan Jeff. Um, he has to anytime we have a trade go goes ha- happens. Back all these guys out of the out of Clicky. Put the right guys in the right spots. It's a uh, pain in the ass. Yeah, so it just adds so the, more work. to so that, The spreadsheet's yeah. easier. It's colors. You know, the, the colors kind of make it a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. And I've actually learned over the past couple of years, it's really good when I'm on the end of the draft. So this I have to have first. I picked it out of the duck. Remember, mm-hmm. I have first. So I I can enter the players in as we go into Yahoo as well. Because mm-hmm. everyone enters their own picks in here. I just enter into Yahoo as, as we go, and because I'm on the end, it's very easy for me to be able to do that. Oh, they enter on Excel for you. So yeah, so you everybody everybody has access to the oh, to the Google awesome. spreadsheet. Okay, good. So they enter them themselves, and then as we go, I enter into Yahoo. So by the time we're done with the draft, everybody has their team in Yahoo, all set. Make your pickups, do whatever you got to do. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I mean, listen. Uh, the thing is, though, I would think that you'd fall behind on some picks later on at, at some point. No, I do a pretty good job. Yeah? I do a pretty good you job. You keep it up? Because, like, I, when I'm entering picks sometimes, I feel like, oh, I missed a bunch, and then I, I you know, I'm yeah, not looking at who I want next and stuff. So oh, of not- course. And that's why I was just saying, like, it's good to be on the end when you have to do that. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm on an end, so I have plenty of time to do my research. Wrap around. Around, yeah. And you know what? A lot of the research comes... Um, a lot of the research comes beforehand. Like we do so many of these shows together, like, we have an idea of who we want. Yeah, you, you have an idea of who's going to be there. Yeah, and you know who you know. We're going over these guys over and over, and we you know we pretty much know them you know almost inside out. Obviously, we don't know every stat by, by you know by memory, but we oh, know of most course. of what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? You just have an, it's it's more so you just have an idea of who you want. I think. And is that how you like to like? Do you make projections? I find that to be a they little too much. Yeah, I mean, Frank does. Frank does. Jake, Jake, does. S- Jake does. Nando did it. Florio's done it. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, but I feel like it's a lot of work, and it's like... It's a ton of work. It's a ton of work. And, like, thankfully, I'm friends with Frank and Florio, yeah. and I just take theirs. Oh, you take theirs. Yeah, okay. yeah. I literally... <laughs> I texted Florio, who does points... He does points league rankings, which is good for you, yeah. right? So... Frank does Roto League rankings, and I consider my league more like points league. So every year, Florio sends me his spreadsheet rather than like the Fantasy Pros version. He mm-hmm. sends me a spreadsheet, and then I reorganize it like the way I want to, but like at least I have like a baseline. An idea, and I yeah. have it, and I have it. Like, I don't need, like, because it's not Roto, like, I don't need to get a certain amount of home runs or a certain amount of right. home runs. 
I'm just looking you just get to the best players. Exactly. That's all you're looking for. Exactly. I love that. And there's certain guys that we've talked about over the last two weeks that you know who you want. Like, yeah. you can go in here having an idea who you want. There's certain guys you're like, I'm never going to take that guy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and I know that, and you know that. Now, it is tougher later into the draft because we want to pull, you and I, people like us, we want to pull guys up at the board. Like, yeah. if we really like somebody, we're going to pull them up. And the people in the room, especially like, late in the drift, I'll pull them up. Right. Yeah. Why are you taking this guy right here? And it doesn't really matter because that's, that's who you want. Yeah. But that, that's something that by using our that's own. That's why I think projections are like, uh, like, it's a lot of work for really not that much of a benefit so because I, so you I, can't predict exact projections. On I agree with that. And I think in Roto, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Because you need to get to a certain number. Like, right. you need to reach this plateau in order to have a chance to win. Mm-hmm. In points, you don't have to do that. You're taking the best player. Right. So Based on how your points are scored, yeah. Yeah. So, speaking of later in drafts, let's get into the outfielders. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into some of these deep league outfielders. And we stopped, I believe yesterday, we stopped at about number 40, yeah. And they're in Ciarte, according to the NFBC. Okay. So, a guy that we ha- didn't have a chance to speak about yet, and I, and I want to know how you feel because he's a younger guy but waiting for him to break out. It hasn't exactly happened. Mm-hmm. He's Nomar Mazzara. Mm-hmm. Because Nomar Mazzara is one of these dudes that came up, was pretty good when he first came up, and then we kept waiting and waiting for a, a bigger breakout. Hasn't really happened, but... The, for three full years in the MLB, exactly 20 home runs in all three seasons. I know. Right? Crazy. Now, last year he played the least amount of games he has in his entire career at 128. Had some, had some injury issues. The batting average has been pretty similar for the last three years. 266, 253, 258. He's about a 255 to 260 hitter. Like, that's the guy we're looking at with Noah Mazzara. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't hurt last year, he would have gotten more home runs. Would have had, like, maybe 25? Probably so. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. But the crazy thing is, and he'll be 24 in April, so he's still, still very young. pretty yeah. young. The, the hard hit percentage, last year career high, 37.5%. That's obviously over the league average. The biggest problem I see with Noam Rosara is he hit so many damn ground balls. 55% of his uh, balls in play are ground balls. Mm-hmm. That's an issue. Although we project, like we just said, 25 home runs or so, his home run to five ball ratio, 20% last year. Very high, especially considering his first two seasons in MLB, it was around 13, six, 13 to 16 uh, and a half percent or so. Mm-hmm. Noah Mazzara, uh, you'd like to think there's more in here. You'd like to think that there's a jump coming. I just don't know if that's true. What do you think about Noah Mazzara, Chris? I really like Noah Mazzara because uh, you're talking about in this part of the draft, right? So, like, obviously, I don't like him compared to the, the established, proven guys and things like that. Uh, but he's becoming kind of established in three years. We know it pretty much what his floor is, it looks like. Yep. At least. Uh, I feel like there's still more of a ceiling that could be had here. You know what I'm saying? If he changes those ground ball to fly ball ratios a little bit, maybe he could pop 25 to 30 homers so he could give you a boost there. Um, you know, I'm thinking the average, I think, could still go up. Uh, he hit 266 his, his rookie season, so, you know, maybe he hits 270 one year. Uh that's what I'm saying. Like the walk rate, I think could go up as he gets older. He had 55 walks in 2017, 40 last year in a, in a shortened season. Um, I, I like what he does, kind of everywhere. But there's nothing great here yet. You know what I'm saying? I just like the fact that where he's going, he has more potential and a nice floor compared to the guys around him. You know what I mean? He's a little bit more proven with the ceiling compared to these other guys that are. That's why I like him, and he's young. Yeah. So I. Think where he's going, which according to the NFBC right here is 158. Mm-hmm. 
I think there is a little bit of a room for improvement. I don't want to just forget that he's 24 years right. old. I, I don't want to forget that. And like mm-hmm. a lot of these numbers aren't great, particularly that ground ball percentage. It, it's not. But there's room for improvement. I think he can still grow. Now, how does he compare to a guy like Steven Piscotti, who, another former top prospect, a little bit older, plays in that vaunted A's lineup, as Frank Stample would say, mm-hmm. around Chris Davis, around Matt Chapman, around Matt Olson. He's around all those dudes. And I, I took a shot of... He's behind them, I think, right? He is. Sixth. And I took a shot of Piscotti last year, but as a former top prospect, he was a late bloomer. He's 28 years old already, which he probably didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Last year, over the A's, he played a full season, 150 games, 27 homers, so seven more homers than Mazzara there. 88 ribbies, 78 runs scored. Struck out less than Mazzara. Walked around the same amount. Mm-hmm. Better average than Mazzara. Babbitt was around the same. And the hard hit percentage for Steven Biscotti, better. Yeah. All these things. 41 doubles. Better for Steven Biscotti than Omar Mazzara. You got to like him better. <laughs> I mean. Don't you? Based on last year's stats, you have to like him better. Yeah, you do. But uh, see, the thing is, I might end up in a certain situation, take Mazzara over Piscotti. Okay. Um, I like the fact that, first of all, Mazar is batting third in his lineup. I think there's a lot of counting stance to, to be had there. I think he could end up scoring uh, more runs than Piscotti, where he's batting sixth in the lineup. He doesn't have too much protection behind him. Uh, he has protection in front of him. He has guys great in front of him, so he'll drive in more runs probably. But I don't think he'll have the same run scored, so that'll kind of balance out. I think he has the potential to do what Piscotti's doing here. Uh and I think he also has the potential to do maybe a little bit more. In the walk category, I think he could do uh, just as good in the doubles category. Uh, I just like the fact that there's still a little bit more. I think we're seeing Piscotti's ceiling here. I don't think he's going to do much better than what we're seeing here. I think this is his top performance. Maybe he does hit a little bit more homes. Maybe he reaches a 30 homer plateau. But I don't know. I, I just I, I don't trust Piscotti as much as, as I do Mazzara. I just feel like Mazzara has... Uh, a, f- a nice floor. The year before, Piscotti played 107 games, only had nine homers, uh, hit 235, had kind of a really big down year. Like, even in Mazar's down years, which there's only been three years of his career, they're pretty much the same as, the, as every single year of his career. You know what I mean? Everything's pretty, mu- pretty standard and pretty solid. I think he can move up from there and won't go any lower from where he is, where I think Piscotti could go through a, a two-month stretch where he's super cold, and that could really kill a team. Norman Mazzara is ranked about 10 spots higher in Mike Florio's points leagues rankings than Stephen Piscotti's. Martino uh, texted me and notes, like, hey, Piscotti obviously went to Oakland, wanted to be close to the Bay Area in order to be by his mother, who, who was unfortunately sick, passed away last year, I believe in May. Um, but now, he's, you know, but now, you know, hopefully that's kind of behind him in, in a way, and not, not to be so callous like that, but just focus on baseball in a way, I guess. Now he can focus on baseball, as we were saying? Theoretically, yeah. I mean... He still had a pretty really good, good year. year. I yeah, mean, you can't year. really complain about what he did. You know what I mean? A little boring. A little boring, but... Uh, but, did, but better across the board than I know Marzara. He is, but he was better across the board. But you now, obviously he did play Mazzara more games also. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Quite a few more games. Yeah. You know, like 20-something. 30 more games, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, listen, I, I would draft the guy at a, at a good value, but I wouldn't take him over guys like Mazzara. I re- I'm high on Mazzara, so that's just me. Uh, and Florio obviously is high on him in points leagues as well. Uh, but there's other guys, you know, like after Mazzara and maybe like a, I, I like Chris Taylor. I like Buxton. I might take a Buxton. I want to start. That's exactly where I wanted to go next. I wanted to bring up Byron Buxton here. Mm-hmm. Cause we keep talking about some of these top prospects. He's right? really sketchy. A lot more sketchy than Biscotti is, you know, cause of the injuries and the poor performance. I mean, at what point do we call Byron Buxton a 
bust. What he is, a bust. Byron Bustin. <laughs> Byron Bustin. Yeah, but seriously, right? Like, at what point do we just say that? Because I understand what some of these metrics say. I understand why people get really excited about him. You look at spring training, five or five, two home oh, runs. Yeah, I'm back, you. baby. I'm back, baby. That'll really drive you. You see what he did in the final month of seasons. I get it. I understand why people are so excited by him. But every time he's gotten an opportunity, He's failed. Are you going to take the shot on Buxton? You just said, hey, you're interested. How come? I am interested. I've had him a couple of times, and I know exactly what happens. It's like he'll, he'll either be completely off mechanically, uh, strike out every single time, then he'll get hot and just start ripping bombs across. But you just see that talent potential in short glimpses. You know what I mean? I think he just hasn't put it all together yet. He also got hit by injuries, so that kind of you know, hurt him as far as trying to progress and grow. Uh, I think, listen, you don't give up on a guy that's 25, especially a guy who is a number one prospect or top five prospect coming up for a few years um, with the talent that this kid has, and he could do something, he could be a five-category type player. Um, I just don't, I wouldn't give up on him just yet. I'm, I would give him, I would even give him two more years, even if he, you know, you saw more glimpses and then he got injured or he failed here and there. I would give him more chances until... You know, he finally just completely falls off. He hasn't completely fallen off because you're still seeing spurts of talent, even in spring training. So this is a guy, you you know, high upside, high risk, high reward. I take the chance. Rank those three. Buxton. Oh, yeah, Buxton, Mazzara, Piscotti. I'll go Mazzara, Piscotti, Buxton. Take a break. Dr. Ray joins us next. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Scout Fantasy Sports Is it better to get a guy in there who's going to play four or five games a week who could hurt your team versus Otani who could help your team even in a limited role? Well, wherever you're drafting Otani, you're probably not getting a guy that's going to hurt you. You're basically saying that you're taking a guy that's going to give you 320 at-bats and you're fine putting him in every single week. 326 at-bats to the utility spot? Is that something you want? That's not going to work. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. I love this song, Milano. 
Back with you, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That's Chris Venture. I am Greg Sussman. It's that time of the week where we'll talk to Dr. A of Inside Injuries to break it all down for us. What's going on, Doc? How are you? This, uh, how are you today? Everything going well? Yeah, no problems, man. We haven't hit Armageddon yet, so things are all right. That's good. That's good. It's good to not have Armageddon. I, th- I think so, too. But it kind of feels like it's Armageddon in Dodger camp right, right now, where Clayton yeah. Kershaw has tried throwing a whole bunch of times, and every time he starts, he stops because he's not feeling great in that left shoulder. That's an issue. We have seen Clayton Kershaw go drafted as an ace, and then in other leagues seen him drafted around pick 50, around pick 80. People are very scared of Clayton Kershaw. Should they be? Yes. Next. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, no. So Clayton Kershaw, you know, he's got multiple throwing injuries in this past. Uh, You know, the throwing extremity has been a chronic repetitive issue. Uh, He's grade two shoulder right now. The very fact that the team right now has decided not to send him for an MRI is the fact that they're sort of used to the fact that he has so many throwing shoulder issues. And so, you know, every year that goes by, he gets older, uh, a lot more wear and tear. Um, this is a huge red flag. I know he's a big name, but, uh, a throwing shoulder grade two, uh, injury right now before the season starts, starting to already rest him uncertain of his future in terms of his, uh, length into the, you know, into the game and how many innings he's actually going to pitch. Um, this is not good news. And this is a huge red flag. Uh, right now he will, you know, uh, from a prediction standpoint, his IRC right now is 52%. It's the it's very high. It's 50%. I mean, I've never, I've never seen it that high in a pitcher before. Uh, and so I think by the time the season starts, if he rests, he'll still be up into 35 to 40% range. Just think about a hundred, uh, you know, if he's going to he's protect, you know, if he wants, if you want a starting pitcher to make 20 starts, uh, or 20, 25 starts, um, you know, he'll, he'll make 12 of them probably really bad year projected. From Dr. A just saying he's not going to be able to be healthy. Supposedly, this is the latest, that Kershaw played catch for five minutes at 60 feet. I don't know if it was just cut short or he's hurt again. Like, something's wrong with Kershaw, Chris. Huge red flags. I don't think, I I mean, they're just not not doing this. I mean, it depends on how far he falls, I guess. Is there, but like, at what point do you just pull the trigger? Pull the trigger, sure. I mean, because eventually you got to pull the trigger, right? Do you? I mean, if he falls to the 15th round, are we not pulling the trigger on him? Because you get him for free, basically. 15th round, or, you know. It's late. Sure, 15th round, I'm fine. But like, not in the top 10? Top 10 rounds? Mm-mm. Maybe the maybe the ninth or 10th. That's <laughs> crazy that, he, that he's got to fall that Dude, Dr. A, you hear what he just said? He's not going to make half his starts. Wow. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, it, it, it is for sure. And, Doc, there's another pitcher we asked you about last week, but there's even more here, right? And that's Carlos Martinez, who showed up in a sling. Just showed up in a sling. Like... I can't draft the guy in a sling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a it's it's a it's a bad omen when you see that. The visual is amazing, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, but no, same. It's you know sort of the same type of injury, grade two shoulder, um, you know, a throwing arm. Um, you know, uh, you know when you hear a pitcher saying that his shoulder has been bothering him you know bothering is a key thing that our algorithm picks up it's not every you know if you go back in time and you hear the word bothering on a pitcher and then 
you see how his uh, sort of trajectory has been, it's not good. And so, you know, bothering is just not a good word. Um, and, you know, even though the MRI showed that is, you know, there's no tears and it's structurally sound, it does not. Uh, that still means that he could have inflammation and tendonitis uh, in the rotator cuff. And for, uh, you know, a starting pitcher, that is definitely a shutdown. Uh, you have to get completely healed. If he has any calcification, um, you know, like a little bit of uh, calcification on that tendon, it makes it a little bit more friable and more delicate. And that, that you know, and, uh, you know, when you have repeated sort of chronic repetitive, uh, rep repetitive tears, um, you know, and inflammation of the rotator cuff, it makes it much more at risk to tear. So, um, you know, DL three times last year, it just says it was shoulder oblique and lateral strains, 42% IRC. Uh, he'll be probably at 30 to 35% by April. So, you know, third of his starts again, he's not as bad as Clayton, but you know, definitely up there. Carlos Martinez, not nearly as bad as Clayton Kershaw here at this point, but you know, another one of these guys, Chris, I gotta stay away from right now. Yeah. Injured. Pretty much for most of last season, uh, when he came back, he was a mess. Went into the bullpen and stuff like it's just. And this was a guy like you know we're talking top fifteen, twenty starting pitcher in fantasy and baseball alike. Like, I mean, this guy was dominant. So it's sad to see. This is how fast pitchers can fall. Like the pitcher injuries come fast and heavy. Like, Absolutely, you know, you fall off the map. Uh, that's why it's scary to draft pitchers early on. Uh, sometimes I shy away from that. And I'd rather take my chances on values later, but especially throwing extremities on pitchers, like it, they could suffer from other stuff. But when you start the, uh, the the first throwing extremity injury that they have is the beginning of a long road of multiple injuries and then eventually missed starts and then eventually, surgery. you know, end of career type of stuff and surgery. Yeah, not great there. We're talking to Dr. A from inside injuries here uh, and Doc. Uh, Frank's not here, but you want to make sure we asked you about Justin Upton and what's going on with that patella. Uh, he heard some words that he didn't know and wanted you to clarify them. <laughs> so the patellar tendon, it connects your kneecap to your tibia, you know, uh, the bottom part of your knee. It's the main thing that extends the knee, essentially cr it creates that stability. You know, as an outfielder, the biggest thing is, is running and catching up to, you know, uh, fly balls and line drives, etc. And the, the patellar tendon is really, really impactful. And so when it does have tendonitis, it will slow that uh, outfielder down. Now, it's a grade one, so it's the lowest grade, you know, minor inflammation, uh, two weeks optimal recovery time, you know, and, you know, so he and, you know, from from healing from that injury and then he'll just need to rehab it a little bit and he should be ready for opening day. Right now, he fall he fell back into below average because of this. But then, you know, if you rest appropriately, he'll be back up to above average, close to peak health. He is a little injury prone. Um, he will still have like a 15 to 20 percent, uh, you know, uh, injury risk. So if you just take, uh, you know, uh, out of 162 games, uh, you know, he'll probably play in 125, 130 of them this year. Okay, so only 125, 130 games, but at least it's only a grade one that this patella tendon injury shouldn't keep him out for a while, Chris. Yeah, uh, that's good news, I guess. Um, you know, it's just it's worrisome with a guy like Upton because you're spending a, a decent draft pick on him, uh, and he is already a risky option in terms of being a streaky hitter. You really hope that the injury doesn't affect his whole season. Of course not. You know, and, and then then you're really talking about losing major value on a guy that you're taking with a high draft pick. So 
it's something to look out for, especially in the spring training right now. Absolutely. We're talking to Dr. Ray from Inside Injuries. Chris, anything you want to ask, Doc? Um, did you guys... Hi, Doc. This is uh, Chris Venture. Pleasure to speak You've with you. You've been here the whole time. You need to introduce yourself now. I haven't asked him a question yet, so I figured I'd introduce myself now. Um, so my question was about, did you already ask uh, about Will Myers? Did Frank already ask him about Will Myers? About all those different uh, injuries, calf, uh, shoulder, this, well, yeah, we, so, so we, we, asked him, we asked him about Will Myers a couple of weeks ago, and, and basically Doc was just like, this dude is basically dead, so don't draft him. <laughs> Instead, you know, I'll, I'll take it back. I want to I ask about another one of those outfielders inside the NL West here, Doc, and that's about A.J. Pollock, because I was looking at A.J. Pollock, right? Guy's 31 years old, and he never can stay healthy. We were talking about him yesterday, Chris, mm -hmm. and Pollock is just a guy that, you know, we can keep waiting, and we can keep waiting in a full season. He's going to do this. He's never going to play a full season. Doc, he may be healthy now, but is all of a sudden A.J. Pollock's time winding down? What, what round do you want to take him in? Chris? Like the 12th. And then, then I'll back into this answer. Right, I like it. I like it. So Chris says the 12th. He's going off the board at 113 overall. Okay. Yeah, I, he he's a he's a twelve thirteen rounder. Okay. Uh, I think because he's um, HPF is at seventy four percent. He'll be at eighty five ninety percent. That's in peak category by opening day. He's he's recovered. He has no current injuries. Here's the problem: thirty six percent injury risk. So he played one hundred and thirteen games in eighteen. He played 112 games in 17. He's going to play 105, 100, 105, 110 games in 19. So just, you know, 36%, you know, it's a very, he'll miss 40 to 50 games this uh, in 19. Yeah, ab absolutely, Doc. No doubt about it. Uh, AJ Pollock in that 12th-ish, 13th, 14th. Okay. Yeah, I'm That's cool fine. with that. So yeah. he's, he, you guys are more optimistic on AJ than I am, which is shocking because, Doc, you're usually the pessimistic one. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, when a guy doesn't have any current injuries and he's actually rested for, what, seven months? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and and he, so, I mean, he should be, you know, he's healthy. He should be uh, recovered from all of the injuries that he was suffering from. But his age and his wear and tear and everything, all the other stuff we take into the IRC calculation, uh, he'll miss 30% of the uh, not, not maybe 25% by the time opening season. So, quarter of the season quarter of the season is probably around 40 games right oh, so yeah, yeah great that's a lot but yeah it is <laughs> absolutely i mean he's playing well now he's been got on base all three times in his last game in singles healthy right. good for him healthy right now. tell me when he starts running yeah <laughs> we'll see dr ray here i wanted to ask you about another guy who's not really hurt but had some injury issues going down the stretch last year. I wanted to make sure he's 100%. He just signed for like a billion-dollar contract extension with the Rockies. That's Nolan Arenado. Is he totally 100% healthy? Um, well, he has a grade one shoulder. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, and, you know, it's grade one. So, you know, if he rests and it'll be, you know, it'll be completely healed. Yeah, he's good to go. He's at 89% right now with this injury. He was at 96, 97% yep. before it. He'll, he'll be back up there. So he should be good to go. Okay. So nothing to worry about with Arenado. The shoulder does sap the power a little bit. Uh, so you're worried about that. Mm -hmm. But it looks like, according to Dr. A, uh, there's nothing to worry about when it comes to Nolan Arenado. Now let's talk, Doc, about some of these guys that, we do. We know are injured, and we're kind of waiting for them to, you know, start moving. And that brings me to Matt Chapman, who we spoke a lot about earlier this week. And Matt Chapman's one of uh, Frank's favorites. He said if he's healthy, one of Venture's favorites as well. People like Matt Chapman, but I'm still concerned he's not swinging yet. Is that going to happen soon? 
Yeah, this is the member we spent about 20 minutes talking about the ulnar-sided sesamoid bone excision. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to uh, explain to you guys what that is. But yes. yeah, yeah. But, you know, he's at above average at 77%. Our peak health category starts at 80%. Okay, he's right? close. And so he's very close. And so he's he, he'll be from, you know, from an injury impact standpoint, he won't really have that much uh, significant impact from the injuries. However, he's he will be, he's at 29% IRC right now. He'll be down to probably about 18, 17, 18% by opening day. So out of, you know, 162 games, he'll play about 140 of them. That's good. That's great. Of them. So all in all, with everything going on, that's pretty good for Chapman. Absolutely. It's very yeah. good for Matt Chapman. Okay, so that, again, not really a worry. There's a lot of optimism from, from Dr. I'm not used to that. It's good. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very good. Uh, do you have optimism when it comes to Marcelo Zuna as well? Um, Marcelo Zuna, let me uh, quickly look him up on this list here. Here okay. he is. Okay. Yeah, grade three sh throwing shoulder surgery. This was, um, you know, missed much of the 2008, uh, uh, you know, uh, the shoulder injury played through it, uh, the 2018. Still was able to play in 148 games last year, yeah. which was shocking. But, uh, you know, underwent, uh, you know, sort of the scope and all of that stuff. He's at 68% right now. Um, you know, he'll get up to 75% close to, he'll be above average peak. Uh, but again, this whole throwing shoulder, uh, you know, left fielder needs to have power. He needs to throw out people. He needs to get the ball back into the infield very, very fast. That's going to hamper him a little bit. That's why his injury risk right now is at 31%. It'll be down to 20, 22% probably in the beginning of the season. But if you can take him playing about, you know, 120 games through the season, then I think you, then he's your guy. Cause how, he'll be close to peak health. How possible is it for that shoulder injury to just get worse? Did he has, did he have surgery on it? Like, is that something that he can come back that is going to recur or is he fine? Or, or we assume gonna, fine. It, it's going to, it's, he's fine from it. I mean, he's recovered from that injury. He had a scope, probably did a clean out procedure. Um, there wasn't really any, tear, any tear that we can scrape and, and, and crawl through. I mean, all of the data that we have. So basically, um, it's going to be like sort of a chronic repetitive type injury. So yes, this will come up. That'll be the 40 games that he misses because of this type of injury. Okay. There you go. Dr. A from inside injuries here, that injury is going to cost him and potentially cost him and fantasy owners dearly. Mm -hmm. Doc. Yesterday, Josh James uh, got hurt. Fantasy owners love themselves some Josh James, potentially in that Astros rotation. It looks like this injury is going to knock him out of rotation contention to start off the year. How serious is the injury and how long will it last? Yeah, I feel for Josh James, you know, being competing as the fifth starter and then getting a quad strain that which is responsible for a lot of your power as a starting pitcher. You know, I kind of feel for him because, you know, that that kind of is the Achilles heel and he needs power. And so um, it's a grade one. Great news, but not not great timing. Um, so he'll recover from this nicely. From from an injury standpoint, if you rest two weeks by March 13th, he should be good to go, and he'll be back up to peak health and low injury risk. Okay, so there you go. So Josh James, soon enough, will be good to go. Back to low injury risk, back to peak health, just not yet. Unfortunately, uh, going to cost him an opportunity. But we'll see how early in the season the Astros ultimately do call him up, Chris. Yeah, I think I think that's actually <clears throat> really good news because now the value in drafts is great because he'll be falling down the board. People are going to be worried. He's not in the rotation to start the season. That's going to be a big, uh, you know, basically barrier for, sure. for drafters. Uh, and I think if you get him, you know, like late as a flyer, that's one of the highest upside flyers you could get in the draft. And if he's coming back, as, as Dr. A said, you know, March, early March, mid-March, 
That's that's great. That's great news, I think. I think that's a guy that you, you should be targeting in the late rounds. All right, taking a late round flyer on Josh James here. Just a couple of minutes left, Doc, and we, we get to Malik Smith, who Frank wants to love. And I'm saying, I don't know how you're taking this guy who well, hasn't, hasn't done anything yet. How serious is his injury to Malik Smith? Will he be ready to go? Yeah, I mean, elbow soreness, grade one. I mean, that could be a multitude of different things, but most commonly in a, in a uh, baseball player, it's going to be some sort of triceps uh, uh, or some sort of um, uh, uh, ligament sprain, uh, grade one ligament sprain uh, within the elbow. Uh, it's a minor injury. It's uh, one one week, actually, recovery time. The HTR is already uh, healthy to return, was already reached. He just has to now get back into throwing shape. Um, you know, the problem with with Malik Smith is the fact that, you know, he's had multiple injuries in 16, 17, and 18, specifically hamstring injuries. Um, So I'm not so much worried about the elbow. He'll recover from this. It's fine. It's fine. But the hamstring injuries, he's virtually guaranteed to get a hamstring injury in 19 because he's, you know, it's just, that's what he does. He gets hamstring injuries. And so his injury risk is at 30%. It's going to knock him out, um, you know, for probably, again, 50, 55 games this season, he'll be, you know, one of these guys that you should not take, you know, early on in these rounds. I mean, this this is a guy that's yep. going to miss a third of the season. A third of the season. Frank Stample, I hope you're listening. Mm-hmm. Malik Smith's one of those guys that's going to miss a third of the season. Yep. What are you doing, Frankie? <laughs> what are you doing? I know what he's going to do. He's going to pivot to Ender and Siakte. Exactly what he's going to do. That's what he should do, to be fair. <laughs> Dr. Ray, Inside Injuries, man. Thank you so much for coming on with us, and we appreciate the time, and uh, let's do it all again next week. Thanks, Dr. Okay, Ray. guys. Have a great day. Absolutely. When we come back, the final 20 minutes of the outfield preview with Chris Venture and myself. Chrissy, let's get into some of these deep leaguer guys, the guys that you've been asked about the most, the Harrison Baders of the world, mm-hmm. and more. Outfield preview continues on next. Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the horse. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Rain dance! Make it rain. The XFL ultimately will probably be a much betting ratings grabber than the AAF because they will get guys like Johnny Manziel to come on there. They will get total train wrecks and they will make them characters and they will make you and I buy tickets and go see these train wrecks play. Vince McMahon is the best uh, carnival barker. This makes sense to me that he's got eyes for Johnny Manziel. 
weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Join the experts live on the air every day by calling in at 844-843-6879 to join the Fantasy Sports Network. The 2019 NFL Scouting Combine is underway, and for serious players, fantasy football has now become a year-round pastime. Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing daily fantasy advice as well as dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content each and every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you want to play. Save 10% at RotoExperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10 percent off with promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, only available right now at RotoExperts.com. If you're looking for baseball content, my man Frank Stanfield, my BFF, he's got a Patreon for just $1, $5, $25, $30, whatever you have to spend for your baseball draft content, well, Frank has you covered. So please, check out Frank Stanfield's Patreon. It's available right now. Get those F-bombs, get all those updates, and most importantly, get Frank's rankings, and his advice available at his Patreon page right now. I'm alongside Chris Venture today. Frankie has the day off. Jim Day will join us for hour number two. Talk a little bit about um, football. Football, yeah, let's get this counting combine, absolutely. Before we get into that, we want to continue on uh, with some of these outfielders here. And Billy Hamilton's name you mentioned a moment ago. You draft Billy Hamilton this year? Me? <laughs> no. I-, I will not. Uh, in a points league... Uh, in, the, in the way I play, uh, I, we don't like Hamilton. Could have a great year. He needs to hit for average. Otherwise, the the, the stolen bases are not going to be enough because um, he doesn't walk. He walks at a decent clip, but not a great clip. Okay, and he needs to get on base in order to be a productive player. That's what it comes down to. He's not going to hit for any sort of power whatsoever, uh, and he's only going to score runs. If he gets on base, and so he needs to walk more, and he needs to hit for a higher average. He hit two thirty six last year, two forty seven the year before. This is kind of a dead fish to me. Um, and, you know, you're looking for 50-plus stolen bases out of this guy. And he's only going to do that, like I said, if he gets on base. It's too risky. Uh, if you're, now, if you're in a Roto League, I could see the value, obviously. There's major value in the stolen base category. Uh, so, you know, you're going to want to target him if, if you need that. But in points league, he is on the bottom of the ring for me. All right, bottom of the ring. I'm not a Billy I mean, Hamilton. he's draftable, but he's not. I'm never drafting Billy Hamilton, yeah. man. I'm just never going to do it. I never do it either. I you never know, did. Oh, oh, yeah, you know, ultimately, I just I feel you can't win with him. That's yeah. the problem. I, I ultimately feel that I ha- I'm just at a disadvantage um, with Billy Hamilton. With Billy Hamilton, right? It, in points, leagues we're to. talking about, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, if he like, hit two eighty, that'd be a different story. But he's never going to hit. 280. <laughs> he's not hitting two eighty. He hit two sixty one year. 
I'm surprised. Florio actually has Byron Buxton behind Billy Hamilton, which is surprising. Like, I understand the speed. I get it. But yeah. I'm never doing that. Like, I'm never, I'm like never Buxton could that. hit 25 homers, though. That's crazy. Florio's rankings are interesting, man. He has, I don't know if I'm allowed to even say any of this, but he's like David <laughs> Dow way behind all of these guys. Isn't that interesting? That is. Well, I, I could see that because David Dahl hasn't really done anything. What has he done? Nothing. He's just super but hype around him. Plays in Colorado. That's the big thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big thing. And, but his health risk and just the fact that we don't know exactly what he's going to give us is like really scary. Sure. So I could see, I could understand it, you know. I could see where he's coming from. If you want to play it safe, you go away from Dahl. A name you mentioned before, Chris, was Chris Taylor. And mm-hmm. last year... Max Muncy, this year's Max Muncy was Chris Taylor, right? Came out of nowhere, had a monster year for the Dodgers, had very good position eligibility, yeah. and really struggled. Um, struck out a lot last year. I know you don't care about the strikeouts, but a lot of fantasy but that's owners important. Do. Yeah, it's important. A lot, of, a lot of fantasy owners do in points leagues because it hurts all the areas Strikeouts too. more. Yeah. Um, Taylor, Taylor last year played in 155 games, so playing time wasn't a concern. Had over 600 at bats, but went down uh, in home runs, at the same amount of runs, down in RBIs, down in steals, struck out more, almost 30 percent of the time. Did walk a little bit more. Average dropped by 35 points or so. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Taylor also saw uh, the hard hit rate go up a lot, which is interesting, up six percent in the hard hit rate, 38 uh, percent. Ground balls went way down. He was just hitting. You know, making good contact, I would say, yet a little bit unlucky as his Babbitt uh, certainly fell from the excellent 361 to a real still excellent 345, but it fell a little bit, but he wasn't making as good of contact. What do you make of Chris Taylor in 2019? I'm still uh, on him. Actually, I drafted him at a, at a place where it wasn't the greatest value, but I was very high on Chris Taylor last year. Okay. Um, so I understand he played more games. He, he went down a little bit. I think this is more of like a growing pains thing in the MLB. Because uh, he played his first full year in 2017. And I think he kind of needed to adjust. I think people adjusted to him. Pitchers adjusted to him. They got a scouting report on him. They knew how to pitch him. He had to adjust. And I think he did a decent job of it because he still had a pretty decent season considering uh, the 30-point uh, a- you know, drop in average. Uh, honestly, he does everything pretty well. I think the average will go up. Like you said, the Babbitt's high. He, it should start heading more in that direction, uh, closer to 270. I'm trying to figure out why... He got unlucky, and I'm, I don't know. He just probably got unlucky. I mean, he I don't probably hit a lot of drugs people. But that many? I mean, he struck out oh. a lot more. Mm-hmm. A lot more here. He struggled against he lefties. for power. He struggled against lefties last year, batting 232, which mm-hmm. is a bit of it, which is obviously um, a bit of an issue. Uh, his August, his, his August was like horrific. He batted 185 before it kind of turning it on um, late September and October. So, you know, Chris Taylor, could, he's could a streaky, he be a streaky guy. guy. He's a streaky guy. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. You think that's like going to be a career trend? Probably. He's maybe a better roto player, potentially. Mm-hmm. Well, where he's going in drafts now, as opposed to where he was going last of course, year, of course. is a much better value play. And I think we could see numbers more similar to 2017. I don't think about 288. I'm thinking more like 270, 275. Um, maybe give you a 12 to 15 bags. Uh, and hopefully, you know, around 50 to 60 walks. Uh, the RBIs and runs scored. Uh, he hasn't really had the RBIs. But the run scores are there. It's what you want to see in run scores. The last sure. two years in a row, 85 in, in a row, so that's good. Doubles are there, 34 and 35. And I think he could be a 20 to 25 homer guy. I think this is pretty much what you're going to get, except more of the 2017 version of him than this version of him. I think he just had a little bit of a down year and had to adjust. I think he's a solid uh, guy to draft, especially at the shortstop position. Shortstop and outfield eligible. Going off the board, pick 219 is Chris Taylor. I do like him better than a guy like Adam Eaton, a guy like Kyle, Schwar- <clears throat> Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, absolutely. I like Chris Taylor 
better than that. He mentioned Harrison Bader. Yeah. Is there anything to know about Harrison Bader, Chris? Bader does uh, almost everything well. Uh, he he kind of reminds me of, but I think he's going to have more power than this guy, Andrew Benintendi. Um, okay, Inter- interesting. With the stolen bait, well, he's not going to have the average. Okay, I don't think he'll have the average like Benintendi, but he'll have the, he'll have more power. Is so gonna, it's kind of going to wash that out. Is he going to play? And are you sure he's going to have more power? Only had twelve home runs, one hundred thirty-eight games last year. I'm thinking, I'm looking more at his minor league career, 20 homers and 19 homers, two years in the minors, you know, 130, 120 games. That's a lot of homers in, yeah, in yeah. the minors. Um, you know, I think strikes he, out a lot. Strikes out a lot. So you, that's, a, that's how you know he's definitely going for the power, sure. power shots. He, he's only 20, 24. He's going to be uh, 25 in, in June. Uh, so, like, there's still time for development here. It was only really his first full season. So I think, and not even really a full season. So I think the you know the average could two sixty four ain't bad for a first year. He could be even bump that up to two seventy two seventy five. Uh, I think the homers go up. I think the the doubles, all that stuff will go up. The walks. I don't think he's going to be a guy that walks a ton, but he'll walk you know maybe forty to fifty times like a Chris Taylor, um, and strikes out a ton. And that's going to happen. But if you could get the average up to two seventy five two eighty, I think this is not a bad play to have. And he steals bases. He's got fifteen. A, is there a spot 20. for him in that outfield though? Well, what do we have right now? We have Arzu- Ozuna. Sure. We have him. I think he should definitely start in that outfield. Who else is really there? Hold on. I'm pulling it up. Hang on one second because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm having a brain fart here. Um, in the outfield for the Cardinals, you have obviously Marcelo Ozuna. Mm-hmm. He's out there. Dexter Fowler is still going to play because he makes a ton of money. Um, and the other one I'm missing, and Harrison Bader is projected to bat eighth place center field for this team. Right. Center field. I mean, Fowler isn't really much of a threat, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's their third outfielder is Fowler. Like, I would think that somebody else even takes Fowler's spot eventually. Well, that's not Bader. I mean, they may want to get Jose Martinez in the lineup, figure out a way to do that. People seem to like Yair Munoz, as as Frank pointed out to me. Okay. Martinez, I don't see, because I don't think he's just not a good hitter. He's just not that good. He is a good hitter. He's not a good fielder. He's a terrible fielder. Uh, But I don't see, uh, like, what numbers does does uh, Jose Martinez ever really... He's He's got some power, I think. To be honest with you. A little power, and then that's about it, right? Yeah. Tyler O'Neill's another outfielder that certainly that fantasy owners love. He's got a ton of power. Uh, people are, are interested about him. Um, he's the main guy that I think people would be concerned about when it comes to Harrison Bader, I would think. People love Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill, okay. I mean, I don't think any of these guys really are going to threaten much. Uh, and listen, you're right. I, I was wrong about that. I thought Jose Martinez was a lot less of an average hitter. He had 305, 309 the past two seasons. He's a good hitter. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I don't see, if anything, I think Martinez might take Fowler time away. I don't see it taking Bader's time away. He's a young guy. He's, a, sure. he's got potential. He's playing center field, so obviously he's probably one of the better outfielders defensively. I think, you know, he's going to get his shot. I, I wouldn't worry about playing time. I'd worry more about, you know, I hope he climbs up in that lineup. Eight isn't, isn't really a good spot to be. But if he hits and he, you know, he's hitting consistently well, he'll move up in that lineup because that lineup isn't like, you know, stacked by any means. Um, I like the guy. I think it's not a bad value pick later. I wouldn't reach on him or anything like that. Like, I still like, um, you know, like a Chris Taylor and I, not Winker though. I, I think I'm Why not don't like, you like, you're out on I Jesse like Winker. Winker. I like Winker and I want to talk about Winker because somebody brought that up to me. Winker's an interesting guy. I think there's a guy, there's a guy with value here. It's right, you're right, right spot for him. Right spot for him. We're right in the right, in the right area. I think that Bader has just proven more already in the MLB. Uh, Winker hasn't really, you know, he hasn't. He played barely, uh, you know, half a season, a little more than half a season. 
uh, and hasn't really shown too much, but he did hit 299. That's something you really like to see in 90 games. Uh, you know, f- almost 50 walks in 90 games. That's really good. The plate discipline's there. The average is there. Doesn't strike out. He walked more than he struck out. I think that's what stands out the most to me about Winker, and that's why I really like him. But you didn't see any power, really. Like seven homers in 90 games isn't really that great. If you can get to... So that's the thing with Jesse Winker. It's interesting. He's interesting because as a young hitter, I mean, what is he, 25? Yeah, 25 years yeah. old. He'll be 26 in August. Yeah. 25 years old. In the last two years, small sample sizes. Mm-hmm. 298. 299. He sees the ball really, really well because he doesn't yeah. strike out. He walks a, an S ton, as you, as you just mentioned. The power hasn't been there in the Great American Ballpark. If he couldn't guarantee me that Jesse Winker's going to play every day, and we had this conversation yesterday when it came to Yasiel Puig. There's a lot of names there from Scotty Shedler to Yasiel Puig to Matt Kemp to Jesse mm-hmm. Winker. There are a lot of names there. Yeah, there is. But no, Nick, nothing Nick, that- Senzel, Nick Senzel, potentially, he comes out and plays the outfield. If you could tell me Jesse Winker would play every day, I am really interested, man. Me too. I, Really, he's just a good player, especially where you you know. I think people are hard hit, on him. hard hit percentage going up forty three percent last year. Like, that's really good. That's really high. The thing is, the home run to five ball ratio was under ten percent, mm-hmm. and that's why that you're not you're not that's seeing it, the power. Yeah. That's it right there. The line drive percent percentage was almost twenty five percent. So I get it, right? He's in a lot of line drives that aren't going out. But if some of those how many doubles did he have last year? You're the doubles guy. Yeah, uh, he only had sixteen. Only well, played, but that's like games. that's thirty. Uh, that's roughly 30, so that's not bad. No, that's yeah, okay. That's good. Turn a couple of the home runs with his average. I like Jesse Winker, man. I like hey. him as a lefty. He's going, I think he's going to play and every day. He's playing, right? And right? As of right now, he's supposed to be leading off. Theoretically, yeah. Theoretically, but, but platooning versus lefties. What was his batting average against lefties last year? Last year against lefties, Jesse Winker batted 211, which is a ma- massive problem. I was, massive hide, problem. I was going to hide that. Uh, 211 against lefties. I feel like every lefty just bats bad versus lefties. There's only like a, a handful. handful, a handful of guys that actually bat well versus lefties, but... Um, you know, he's a left-handed hitter. I mean, he's got to do better than 211. If he hits 230 versus lefties, that might even suffice if he's raking but versus isn't that righties. Cra- like, isn't that crazy? So, the thing is... I don't like the platoon thing. That scares me. He doesn't... I mean, he just doesn't play against lefties, ultimately. Yeah, he's that, just not going to play. Thing. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's I, just not going to play. He'll come in as a pinch hitter, and that's it. Because he batted 321 against righties last year. I mean, that, that's why he batted, you know, 299. I but, mean, in a, but in a daily transaction league, can't you just move him in and out? In a daily transaction league, yes, great guy to have. But I play, you know, most people play. I feel like weekly leagues. I play. Right? Da- I play daily. You play daily. Yeah. See, I kind of want to move to daily, but I I, nobody it. will do it. I love it. They won't do it. They so, don't. Oh, it's too much that. work, is what they'd say. But to me, a weekly change, you can't do anything. I, mean, I you, know. You're just staring at your team for a week, and you can't do anything. I know. And what if a guy gets hurt right before the games on Monday? It sucks. That guy's out the whole week. What if a guy gets hurt right after the line of lock Monday? Yeah. Sucks. It's terrible. Yeah. No, I agree. But they're not going to do that. And if you, a lot of people, I'm sure, out there play that weekly head to head format like a fantasy sure. football. Sure. So it's scary. But I think this guy has just so much potential. I mean, listen, if you walk more than you strike out, that's like pool holes. You know what I'm talking about? That's pool holes type of batting. Don't you, you know like, what I mean? Don't you like Ryan Braun also? I do like Braun, but he doesn't play. He did last year. He's just always hurt. How, much, how many games did he play last year? Last year, Ryan Braun for the Brew Crew played 125 games. <laughs> so, like, is that what, what we're hoping for? 20, 20 and 10 in 25 games, in 125 games. The average, obviously, is never coming back. Mm-hmm. But he still, even at this point in his career, hits 20 and gets 20 and 10. I he love still does that it. guy, man. I love that guy his whole career. Would you rather have Ryan Braun? Would you rather have Ryan Braun or Andrew McCutcheon? I'd rather have McCutcheon right Me too. now, just because I know he'll probably play a full season. Last three so. seasons, he played pretty much full seasons. Yeah, absolutely. So, Bo- both good ballparks. The problem with Braun, like, last, he's played 100, 
He hasn't played more than 140 games since 2012. Uh, 140 games in 2015, but before that was 2012, played 154. So he hasn't really played a full season in forever. That's a scary thing. Like, always getting hurt. Older guy now, too. He's older than McCutcheon. He's, he's 35 years old. McCutcheon's 32, I believe. So, that 35 age, I feel like that's where it, the decline starts for most players. Yep. 35, 36. About. You know? And the steroid era is more like 38, 39. But it's not steroid era anymore. People start declining at 35 now. So, I'm scared. I'm scared of Brian, to be honest. But you're getting him at cheap value, so. Uh, so you know, I do like I, I know we have to. Get, I know we have to get the baseball. But I have some breaking football news, if you don't mind. Nice. The Cowboys have announced that Jason Witten is returning for the 2019 season. Uh, wait, what? Yeah. He got, did he get canned from the... I don't know! <laughs> that is a perfect segue to talk to Jim Day about today, huh? Know, right? How about that news? He, definitely, he was like, I don't... I'm not He's like, this. I suck at this. Yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. But I want to play football again? I guess he got a year of rest. Maybe that'll help him. And he was really bad at his other job. <laughs> I mean, some say, a lot of people are saying he was doing much better. I didn't he wasn't. Really that was just Corey. Only Corey was saying. I heard one other person say that. I forgot who it was. But I didn't see that. Yeah, I didn't really see the, a little bit of improvement. Of course, you're going to improve as you do something more. But, like, he was still bored. Like, he just wasn't entertaining to me. You know, he was very monotone. And, sure, you know, yeah. uh, I guess that's the plan for him. He wants to make money still. He's, done, he's not. I'm, you he's know not what? Done. I bet you he was getting canned from his job. Yeah. And the, let's face it, the Cowboys need a tight end. The Cowboys could use a veteran. They could use, use a veteran in there, for sure. Yeah. I wonder how much money they're giving. Let's see if it's here. Um, uh, it doesn't say how much money. Quote, fire inside me to compete and play this game is just burning too strong. The team is a great group of rising young stars, and I want to help them make a run in the championship. This is completely my decision, uh-huh, and I'm very comfortable with it. I'm looking forward to getting back in the dirt. Wow. Looks like ESPN's got to go find another commentator. Yep. Let's see how much they can pay Greg Olson. That's the question, right? How much can they play Greg Olson? Do you think that'll be the replacement? That's the idea. Mm -hmm. Although, will they do it with another tight end? That's the question. Right. Right. We'll see. I'm sure there's a lot of candidates. There will be. There will be again. Maybe they'll just let Booger do it. Maybe they'll just be Booger. Tess and Boogs. In in the actual studio. Yeah, of course. Instead of outside. All right. We ended with football. Back to baseball starting pitchers tomorrow. But when we come back, Jim Day joins us to break down the combine. Stick around. More after this.